Hey everyone, <laughs> it's Flex. Welcome to Whatever I Want by Me, Flex. This podcast is a little space I've carved out on the internet to talk about whatever I want with whoever I want, whenever I want. I want to talk about the idea that brands will pay you not to wear their clothes. So sometime this week, like most weeks, I was losing my night to TikTok and I came across this video that I forgot to save, but I will reference. This video was talking about Snooki from Jersey Shore. Essentially, Snooki was a bit of a target in, I guess, what people would refer to as a counter branding technique. As I'm recording this right now, I'm watching this annoying fly on my window and another one just like circling the room but really slowly. You know how after it rains, flies become a bit ditzy and so they just have no sense of urgency and they're really annoying me, but I digress. If you know of the show and if you were following Snooki after the show, you would know that she was always seen carrying her signature logoed coach bags around. She'd have like her her front quiff, her little denim shorts and her signature coach bag. It was just the look. Oh, and her huge, huge, huge sunglasses and her concealer lips. <laughs> so that was her signature. That was That's what she was known for. And then suddenly it became headline news when she started carrying around a Gucci bag. Now we could argue that after being on reality TV, You make a bit of money and suddenly you can afford designer handbags, maybe. But apparently that's not it. Apparently it was something much more sinister than just Snooki getting her coins up and being able to afford something a bit more prestige than Coach. So basically Simon Doonan, who um, was, is, who knows, the creative director from Barney's, had disclosed that Gucci's competitors sent the bag to Snooky. I guess what I forget to think about is that brands obviously have a target customer in mind and a big, big, big part of branding and the branding exercise is ensuring that the perception of your brand matches up with your potential customer in the sense that let's say Kmart has the perception of being really accessible, uh, really affordable Um, and perfect for the average person, it's going to be a bit funny if Kmart start charging, you know, outlandish prices, $500 for a stool, it doesn't match. And it doesn't really serve Kmart to be seen as anything but accessible because it matches what their audience expects of them. One could argue that if Kmart suddenly presented themselves as being luxury, it could really hinder their reputation and might have the adverse effect of of impacting their sales negatively. So I didn't know this, obviously, but apparently the luxury houses were quite anxious about, you know, these newfound celebrities wearing their clothing because obviously nowadays buying luxury has become more of a commonplace thing. Whereas 10 or so years ago, you really did have to be wealthy or new money or have very generous parents or have the amazing ability to save to have a luxury item like a Gucci bag. Whereas nowadays, it's quite common that the average person, quote unquote, whatever average means to you, probably has some sort of luxury or designer. 
It might not be, you know, the big Louis Vuitton, Gucci, but it could be a tear down. It could be a raff, something that you'd see on Net-A-Porter or Essence. <laughs> Basically, allegedly, apparently, a technique that some of these luxury houses would do is like preemptive product placement, where they would send these breakout stars bags or clothing or accessories from their competitors. Now, let me put you in on the concept of gifting as an influencer, because I think people might not be aware of how that works. So basically when you are an up and coming influencer, celebrity, whatever you want to call it, a person with a profile, you could do a couple of things. One is you can buy product from the brands that you want to work with, heavily tag them in hopes that somebody from the brand, a representative will hit you up and offer to send you free things. The second thing you can do is figure out if the brand themselves does their own PR and marketing or if they hire an agency. When you figure that out, you can contact them, let them know what you do, what your worth is, and if they would like to put you on a PR list. A PR list is a list that includes the names and details of people with profiles. And when new products come out, you are sent these things automatically. Now you can be on a PR list for anything from furniture to makeup, to cooking stuff, to clothes, anything and everything. There is a list for it and you can be on it, which means that if, which means that if you're highly sought after, or if you've been in the industry for a long time, you will find that on any given day, you are being given stuff all the time. And what happens when you're being given, and what happens when you're being given stuff, especially stuff that you might actually like, a lot of the time it's not stuff that you might like. For instance, a lot of makeup brands will do general gifting. So they won't necessarily go into the database and be like, Flex is black, so she might need a dark foundation. They will just send you a general box of their new goodies. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you are tasked with, you know, the challenge of regifting it or donating it or whatever it might be. But as the, your career progresses and you build stronger connections, people start to get a good understanding of what it is that you might like. And so what you'll find happening is that you start getting gifted things that you like and you stop buying things, which means that you'll just reuse the stuff that you have. So for example, if I was to be sent an amazing laptop from Microsoft, but I use an Apple laptop daily, I might find that the Microsoft laptop is faster, it's quicker, I'm gonna just keep using it, I might show it in my stories, and it might influence somebody else to go and buy a Microsoft laptop. I digress. In this instance, we could imagine that Gucci's competitors, let's say Louis Vuitton, for example, would have said, if we just send her a Gucci bag, then she's more likely to use the Gucci bag rather than going out of her way, spending 2K and buying a Louis Vuitton. Because why would she go out of her way to spend money when she's got designer stuff coming straight to her door? I think this is such an interesting way of spending your marketing dollars. It's almost so smart because I mean, if you're obviously, if you work in fast fashion or a small business, you don't necessarily have the coins to be doing counter product placement, to be buying your competitors products and sending it to people that you don't want to be engaging with your brand. But I imagine luxury houses kind of have this issue where you're so big that you're not necessarily concerned with getting new customers, 
but you're more concerned with managing your reputation and making sure that you maintain being luxury, that you maintain being like hot and cute and whatever. And I do remember reading some articles a couple of years ago that was kind of detailing the frustration that luxury houses were being so accessible. Similarly, I want to tell you a story about another person from Geordie Shaw, the situation. And when I was researching this, you know, luxury brand sending Snooki, Gucci, something, whatever. Okay, so I want to tell you about another story that I came across when I was researching this Snooki story, and it's about her cast member, the situation. Um, <laughs> and the headline really just made me giggle because I wish I had known or even understood that this was even possible. I digress. It's a Guardian article that says that Jersey Shores, the situation was offered cash not to wear Abercrombie and Fitch. The US fashion brand offered to pay controversial reality star not to wear its clothes, fearing significant damage to its image. Before we get into the article, I was reflecting on, before we get into this article, I was reflecting on, you know, if this marketing tactic was really even necessary um, or if they were overdoing it. And then I had to cast my mind back to 10 years ago where social media wasn't the main component of how a brand builds their reputation back in the days they really did rely on word of mouth and advertising and perception and I'm sure they use focus groups but here brands can easily you know target different pools of people per launch they do per season you know it's the reason why let's say we can use Gucci for example it's the reason why Gucci can be so synonymous with um, mums with suburban mums with Ugg boot wearing Starbucks drinking Christian girls with rappers with athletes it can be all of those things because um, social media allows it to operate in all of those different verticals and avenues harmoniously right but back in the days you really would have to have a central vision for what your brand was going to be and then see that baby through you couldn't flip-flop. If anything, I'm, I'm pretty sure your customer dictated what your brand was going to be. Back to the article. Yeah, Jersey Shore was really just known for their cast members being like loud and foul-mouthed, really groomed, spray-tanned, sex-obsessed, raunchy, exciting characters. But I guess back in those days, only a very particular kind of brand would align quite comfortably next to people like that. And so Abercrombie and Fitch decided that Jersey Shore's branding, which was very alcohol and bad behavior driven, was harming its aspirational brand image and quote unquote would be distressing to some of their OG fans. So back in those days, I remember that each of the different cast members were able to cop really huge endorsements from like weight loss supplements and like gyms and shit. Um, but we all knew that the situation loved wearing Abercrombie and Fitch because they used to do like a lot of Italian vibe clothing and it wasn't explicitly Italian, but they had colors and things. Not a lot of companies do colorful red, white, and green outfits like Abercrombie and Fitch would do. So back in the days, an Abercrombie and Fitch spokesman said that they're deeply concerned with the situation's association with their brand and that it could cause significant damage to their image. Therefore, they've offered him a substantial payment 
to both him and the producers of Jersey Shore to have him wear an alternate brand. And they've also extended this offer to other members of the cast and are urgently awaiting a response. So a couple of years later, it came out that they actually offered him $10,000 to stop wearing it, which, I mean, it does sound like a, a lot of money, right, to just not do something that you do quite regularly but it's also really degrading and I could imagine how terrible it it would feel as an individual to be targeted by a corporation in that way especially like considering the time Jersey Shore people were well liked and well loved you know they weren't just like your rowdy outsiders we liked them and so now having like being pushed so far off your pedestal to the point where people would be offering not you not to wear their clothes it's just insane but the story gets even more wild so one year after they paid him off to not wear their clothes he he filed a lawsuit against them claiming the company had abused his name image and trademark when asking him publicly not to wear the brand's clothes on the show but then the brand went on to make shirts that said the situation and GTL, which were catchphrases made famous on the show Jersey Shore. So hear me out. They have contacted this guy and and said, hey, like get that you love us, but your reputation, what you look like and the association of people who look like you may have negative connotations with our current fan base. So we'll pay you not to wear our clothes, but in the meantime, we're going to capitalize off your popularity and the show's popularity by making merchandise and clothing that uses your name and your catchphrase. What the hell? So basically the situation tried to sue them for trademark violations. So the situation's attorney though argued that the situation as a phrase is very distinctively associated with his brand and therefore Abercrombie shouldn't have been able to use it as they did but then it gets juicier because Abercrombie and Fitch's lawyers said that the situation didn't file for any IP or copyright or anything until after the parody shirt had been launched on the Abercrombie and Fitch website which would then basically say that Abercrombie and Fitch has more right to the situation than the situation does because he didn't file for trademarks, which, you know, the moral of the story is file for trademarks. But no, really, isn't this so interesting? I don't know if that kind of thing would fly in 2020. And when I say that kind of thing, I mean a public figure being discriminated against so heavily and so specifically. I definitely know there are things brands do now to ensure that certain people aren't represented within their branding. So for instance, remember that one time that fast fashion brand Opoly got called out for not having a diverse enough Instagram page. Everybody was really white and skinny or at the very least racially ambiguous, but looked white. (laughs) And so Peaks people were on there. And at the time they probably had like what, 4 million followers. So a pretty big brand. And so they were, they were copying a lot of heat. And in response, they made an Instagram page called Opoly Inclusive. <laughs> have, I, have I talked about this before? So basically they made a separate whole Instagram account, which was for 
both plus size women and ethnic women, like visibly black, dark skinned or Asian women. Um, and when they were called out about that, they said it was a serious error of judgment. They said that they take full responsibility. They established a new page with the specific aim of allowing our customers to discuss a wide range of issues. They have a close relationship with their customers around the world and always value their feedback. Improving diversity remains an absolute priority for them across all of their channels. And they promise to continue to listen to everyone in the Opoly community and most importantly, learn from this mistake. And look, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that this is like, it's just segregation. Like they really said, hey, here's an idea. You want our page to be more diverse? We'll just make another one. Win-win, right? And it's like, no, people want to be represented on your page with 4 million followers so they can too receive some of that exposure and also the brand association of being so closely aligned with a brand that has that much clout. Like don't do not do it. So yes, as I was saying, I, I couldn't imagine people being as targeted as they were to the situation in Snooki, but I definitely can see the ways in which that kind of behavior is mimicked in, you know, fashion and branding these days. People, they're not slick, you know, they're not slick at all. Anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. I thought that was the most fascinating thing. And I feel like you'll be better for knowing the lengths that brands go to, to make sure that people who might look like you uh, aren't represented by them. Peace. <laughs>